जय श्री श्री हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे डेफिनेटली डेफिनेट अप्रिशिएशन टू चाकरी एंड हिज गुड वाइफ विष्णु प्रिया विष्णु प्रिया आई connect the morning programs with the two of them their institutions in the morning for me when i have an opportunity to do the uh morning lecture much appreciation for the assistance and everything we are reading from first canto 6th chapter and i do believe we are on text 21 so before we approach the nectar of the text Yamunatira vanachari 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And to all of the assembled devotees, Ki Jai. All right, we are reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, and it is involving the conversation between Narada and Vyasadev. And we're going to be reading text 21, but just because of the minor changes that we've had to make uh, in the last couple of months, you won't find it written on the board. So I will still, I will still read it or repeat the shloka three times. Yes. We'll still, oh, you have it. Oh, good. Good. Then you will also read it. Let's see. Text 21. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevayam Antasmin janmani bhavan mamam drastu ihat hati avi pakva kashayanam dudashoham kuyoginam hatashmin janmani bhavan mamam drastam ihat hati avi pakva kashayanam dudashoham kuyoginam hantasmin janmani bhavan Mamam drastam irhati hati avi pakva kashayanam durdashoham 
Kuyojanam. Would you like to repeat? I don't know if we're even reading the mic, but I'm not reading, but using the mic. But would you like to repeat? Hantasman Janmani Bhavan Mamam Drastam Hirhati Avipakva Kashayanam Dudashohayo Kuyojanam Word for word Hanta O Narada Asman This Janmani the duration of life, bhavan, yourself, ma, not, mam, me, drastam, to see, iha, here, arhati, deserve, avipakva, immature, kashayanam, material dirt, Durdasha, difficult to be seen. Aham, I. Kuyodinam, incomplete in service. And the translation is, Oh, Narada, the Lord spoke. I regret that during this lifetime, you will not be able to see me anymore. Those who are incomplete in service and who are not completely free from all material taints can hardly see me. Purport. The personality of Godhead is described in the Bhagavad Gita as the most pure the supreme and the absolute truth. There is no trace of a tinge of materiality in his person. And thus, one who has the slightest tinge of material affection cannot approach him. The beginning of devotional service starts from the point where one is freed from at least two forms of material modes, namely the mode of passion and the mode of ignorance. The result is exhibited by the signs of being free from kama, lust, and loba, covetous. That is to say, one must be freed from the desires for sense satisfaction and avarice for sense gratification. The balanced mode of nature is goodness. And to be completely freed from all material tinges is to become free from the mode of goodness also. To search the audience of God in a lonely forest is considered to be in the mode of goodness. One cannot go out, I'm sorry, one can go into the forest to attain spiritual perfection, but that does not mean that one can see the Lord personally there. One must be completely freed from all material attachment and be situated on the plane of transcendence, which alone will help the devotee get in personal touch with the personality of Godhead. The best method is that one should live at a place 
where the transcendental form of the Lord is worshipped. The temple of the Lord is a transcendental place, whereas the forest is a materially good habitation. A neophyte devotee is always recommended to worship the deity of the Lord, Archana, rather than go into the forest to search out the Lord. Devotional service begins from the process of Archana, which is better than going out in the forest. In his present life, which is completely freed from all material hankerings, Sri Narada Muni does not go into the forest, although he can turn every place into a Vaikunta by his presence alone, by his presence only. He travels from one planet to another to convert men, gods, Kanadas, Gandavas, Rishis, Munis, and all others to become devotees of the Lord. By his activities, he has engaged many devotees, like Prahlad Maharaj, Dhruva Maharaj, and many others, in the transcendental service of the Lord. A pure devotee of the Lord, therefore, follows in the footsteps of the great devotees like Narada and Prahlad and engages his whole time in glorifying the Lord by the process of kirtan. Such a preaching process is transcendental to all material qualities. Om Ginyana Timbaranda Syaganjana Chalakaya Chakshu Militamina Chashima Shri Guravena Maha. As we've been following the first canto, the introduction of Narada Muni, we're discovering how extraordinary he is. It's a very rare personality. And he would fit into the mode of one who is free from passion, ignorance, and even to go so far as to say he's transcended beyond even the mode of goodness, which I always thought that was the ideal mode that one should be in, but then that is also some personal attachment. So we should have no attachments other than that of our love for the Lord. And we we remember, most of us that have been following also, that Narada was the son of a maidservant, in the house of Brahmanas. And I'm sure it was no accident that he was able to get the mercy, the uh, Mahaprasadam, and the knowledge from the nectars, the uh, nectar and the conversations of the learned Brahmanas. And he was a young boy at the time that his mother was taken away from him. That sounds so cold, but let me try another way of putting it. You'll still understand. His mother's life was taken. And it, of course, was the Lord's will, simply from the bite of a snake. Now, I don't know that most of us would even put ourselves in that position to be completely dependent on our mother and to lose her so early in life 
and then follow a transcendental path, which he was able to do. He did this by wandering around his universe or just wandering around the land, seeing the different ways that people earn their living. And what he saw really didn't change from town to town or village to village. People were doing this, the end result was that, and that was it. Nothing else. Nada Muni wanted more from life simply because of the foundation that he was given in life. Most of us may not have been that fortunate to have had a foundation where we were surrounded by devotees. Some of us were fortunate. I was not. I would not say that my parents were not devotees. They were believers of the Lord, so I guess we could call them devotees. But I don't think I took the seriousness of the belief um, as much as I should have, even as a teenager. So I can't even imagine what I would have done if I were in Nada Damuni's shoes or sandals. He could have taken to uh, being a president of a big agricultural company, um, could have gone into farming. He could have done a number of things, but he was intelligent enough to see that even those particular lives or those particular jobs only led to a certain position, and that was it. What he hankered for was that transcendental feeling that he had and that he experienced as a younger person. And in text 21, it does emphasize that one must be free of lust um, and loba. And of course, Nada Damuni falls into that category. And I thought of others that were given the opportunity at such a young age to take to the Lord or to take to God consciousness. But then I remember that Nada Damuni was around when Prahlad was in his mom's womb. And because his mom had the, almost had the misfortune of being doomed while she was carrying Nadida, um, I'm sorry, while she was carrying Prahlad, Nadida Muni convinced the, um, the lords, and it was Indra at the time, not to take her, uh, and destroy her as they were doing, as they were destroying the demons. And even at that very moment, being in the womb of his mother, he was able to understand and hear the conversations, the lectures, the discussions, and Narada was very favorable to Prahlad. And even at that age, when Prahlad finally left his mother's womb, even though he was the son of a very, very rich demon, Prahlad wanted to take to God consciousness. He wanted to take to loving and serving the Lord, even at that young age. The point I'm making is that one does not have to wait until one is almost ready to leave the world to take to Krishna consciousness. We look at the experiences of the devotees many, many, many hundreds of years ago, and we discover that miraculous things were happening at that time and that it was possible for someone so young to take to Krishna consciousness, to take to God consciousness, to be relieved of the three modes of material nature. And I thought about Moses in the, um, I think it's the modern English version of the Bible. I was just trying to put together individuals that had the opportunity 
at such a young age. And even though the circumstances that they came from were very different, Moses came from a rich family. Prahlad Maharaj came from a very rich, wealthy family. Narada Muni was rich in God consciousness, was rich in spirituality. But even at those points in their lives, they were able to determine what was really of essence, what was really worth following. With Moses, he was selected. He had to be a very special individual. He was leading the people out of... Um, oh, what was the line? He was leading the people from one part of the land to another. And he was trying to get them on the other side of the mountain. And you think, why would someone of Moses' character, why was he selected? And what we find is that in most situations, in most crises, those that are least expected to rise up and lead are the ones that actually rise up to lead. Well, in this particular case, Moses was not a, uh, he wasn't a surprise. But the point is, he was selected, and he was the one that, along with the flock of his people, saw a burning bush. And I'm going to make a point here in a minute. But he saw something that could have been very frightful to a number of people, but he approached it anyway to see what what essence it was, what was it worth, what was going on. So Moses stepped on the, before Moses stepped on the ground, he was given the opportunity to hear the Lord tell him to take your shoes off because you're standing on holy ground. And even though he approached the burning bush, he saw that the bush was not actually burnt completely. What he did was he stepped out of his comfort zone. He was in a position based completely on faith in the Lord. And from that point, Moses was able to hear the Lord. The Lord communicated with Moses. He was selected to go to the top of the mountains to get the Ten Commandments. The point is, we are able to do that in any particular crisis or circumstance. If we take the foundation of Krishna consciousness and our beliefs and hold true to it and have complete and utmost surrendered faith in the Lord, any of us could take, how do you say, take a lemon and make it into lemonade. You can take a situation and allow that situation to allow you to rise above it. Our current situation for most of us is this pandemic, the virus. But what most of us have forgotten is that the Lord is still in complete control. It is not that it's happening and the Lord has no idea what's going on. You have to look beyond this and you have to be able to see what is the opportunity here. What is the advantage point I can use in a situation like that? And I don't mean use in the sense of the word of using someone to get something else, but how can I rise above this situation and have a higher connection with the Lord? Maybe everyone's not thinking like that, but just hypothetically, let's say that's what you're thinking about. With this particular pandemic, I'm not going to say everyone has had an opportunity to hear the Lord, but there is certainly enough things going on that should bring us to our knees to connect further with the Lord. That's the one thing that I'm discovering that I'm doing. I'm not sure what everyone else is doing, but this is a perfect opportunity to chant more, 
to connect more, to maybe read more, to maybe reach out to other devotees. Because in the process of that, we're laying another foundation of Krishna consciousness, of faith, of love, of an understanding among ourselves that takes us Let's see, how am I going to say this so that it's not so complicated? It takes us to another level. This particular incident that's going on in the world can take us to another level of understanding Krishna consciousness, of understanding the Lord, of connecting with them. And those rare individuals that are totally surrendered, that are not attached to anything, whether it happens to me or not, it's the Lord's mercy. Whether I lose a position or not, it's the Lord's mercy. Whether I am relocated to a different place, it's the Lord's mercy. You're totally detached but dependent on the Lord, and that allows you to get the favor of the Lord in certain circumstances. When I say get the favor of the Lord, I'm saying get the opportunity to realize the boons and the mercy that the Lord has available for us. Now, it might not be a bad thing that some things that we have started to do because of this pandemic, it might not be a bad thing for us to continue to do. What I'm noticing is that people are talking more to each other instead of just games on the computer. We're in our homes together more than we've ever been before. And if that doesn't drive you to connect with someone else or at least to make the most of the situation, I don't know what will. I'm saying that we are given an opportunity to make the best of any situation, whether it's heart-wrenching, Whatever the circumstances are, we're given the opportunity. And in those moments, in those moments where some of us find solace in the peacefulness of being able to sit in our rooms, our homes, and chant, and maybe connect a little bit more with the nectarian reading in the scriptures, and maybe having a little Krishna Kata with someone else, doing that over this period of time may even change our consciousness, and take it up a notch. I'm not saying this can happen to everyone, but anyone is capable of having a conversation with the Lord, of seeing the Lord, but there has to be certain conditions that are met. Now, as a devotee, When you're coming into Krishna consciousness, you are given those standards, the process. Yes, of waking up in the morning, of cleaning your body and chanting early, very early in the morning and meditating. We're given the foundation to be able to be in a position similar to Nada Muni. This isn't the only, he's not the only pure soul that this can happen to. And we don't have to have, oh, let me not minimize this, but maybe our pureness or our surrendering is not complete, completely complete, and we still have the opportunity to hear the Lord's words. There is nothing that is so difficult and so complicated that any of us can do to get the association of the Lord, which is what has happened with Nada. The Lord has appeared in his heart. The Lord has had a conversation with him, and he's also advised him that he's probably not going to see him again in Nada Damuni's lifetime in that body. And I've got to tell you, I don't know if anyone has ever experienced having a moment where they don't exactly hear the voice, but they know the words are coming from the Lord. 
or they see something with their spiritual eyes in a particular condition, maybe in a dream state, but we are given the opportunity to have association of the Lord, and we minimize it. We minimize the fact that there's a temple here in Dallas that exists. And the temple room especially is holy ground. Not everyone gets an opportunity to walk into this temple, let alone into the temple room. We take so many things for granted. We can look at the past two and a half months and realize what we've taken advantage, what we've taken um, for advantage, what we've minimized as some of the things that we have. We never realized, maybe some of us, that there would be an opportunity or a time where we couldn't visit the temple, which is why it's always encouraged when one becomes a devotee to set up your own temple in your homes. That has been a benefit for a lot of us to hold on to and to cling to the Lord. We are very fortunate because there have been many, many programs over our local WhatsApp so that we can have constant connections with each and every one of us. In some way or another, they're giving our Sunday lectures. Even though we're not here in the temple, you can still have that feeling of the association. And I don't know with Zoom whether or not everyone's face is showing up when they're having the uh, the Sunday program. But the point is, we are fortunate enough to have the opportunity to still be connected with the Lord. And some of us will come out of this a lot better than we were before. Some of us will be more appreciative. Some of us will use it as a stepping stone to maybe more service, to more seriousness in our chanting, to more love or loving connections in our relationships. This is a time to really search ourselves and see what it is we need to change in ourselves because after this is over with, at some point it will be over with. I don't know that things will ever be the same before, but at some point we will come to a certain quote-unquote norm most of us are going going to be different than we were before. We should be in a good place. We should be more devotional. We should be more open to looking at each other as connected, as family, and realizing that just the outer coverings of our bodies may be different. And that is something to think about. All of us around the world, we have different coverings in our bodies. And for those of us that are rather intelligent, we know we're not those bodies. But the point I'm making is we're all going through something in this pandemic. No matter what country we're in, no matter what state we're in. And I look at it as an opportunity to connect even more with each other to use it as a stepping stone or a point in which we can preach more, to really appreciate what the Lord has given us because everyone is not in perfect conditions uh, because of the pandemic. You have the homeless that are homeless, but they're not even staying in the... Um, places that are designated for their safety because of the virus. You think about family situations where maybe you didn't notice that you had a problem in a relationship. It comes up when you're in close proximity to one another. Whatever the conditions are, the foundation of having the Lord in the heart, having that connection with God, will get you through 
anything and everything. And sometimes things are put to us as a test. I'm looking at this as a test. I am not saying that the Lord created all the circumstances, but he has his hand in it. He knows exactly what's going on. He knows to what degree we can handle what's happening. And if we can have faith, whether they say as tiny as a mustard seed, whatever your issue is, whatever the situation is, whatever it is you're going through, don't take this as a moment to pull away from the Lord. Use this as a moment to come closer to the Lord. And maybe if you're rather fortunate, you may even have an audience with the Lord. You may even be able to hear him a little bit better when things around you are quieted down. And that's another thing I've noticed. It's quite calm in the neighborhood, at least during the day it is. At night, that's another story, but the point is, in our community, those that are in the local community, you should be experiencing some calmness and quiet during the day where we can actually focus on what's going on, what needs to be changed in ourselves. We can look at ourselves even deeper. We can look at the relationships that we have with devotees here in the temple. Now is a good time to make some corrections in those relationships or outside of the community. This is a perfect time to correct relationships with the family. Perfect time. Nada Damuni, again, was of such a nature. He was not a materialist. He did not find himself attached to anything in particular except the teachings of the Lord and wanting to know the Lord more. And because he became purified to some degree, he was able to have the opportunity to have audience with the Lord, to have Lord the Lord in the heart, to have the Lord speak to him. So maybe this was a roundabout way of telling you this, but there really is never any situation where we are not attached or not connected with the Lord. Never a situation. Even if you are the only one in your body living in a house or an apartment, even if you're alone, you're not alone. The Lord is more available to you simply because it's you and him. There are so many things that you can make out of this situation. None of us can be Nada Damuni. There's only one Nada Damuni. And maybe if you have the opportunity to have some type of conversation with the Lord, make it worth your while. Because most of the time, in these bodies, now, in our lifetime, we may have just that one opportunity to see the Lord or to speak with the Lord. And you want to make the most of that opportunity because it's not a cheap situation or an opportunity that exists. It's a very special moment to be able to have that type of opportunity that Nada Damuni had. He's not the only one that's capable of having it. And as we go on, we'll also discover the reasons why, many of the reasons why Nada Damuni has been favored to be that universal traveler, to travel around the world and to teach others. And again, as the Lord speaks to Nada O Narada, I regret that during this lifetime you will not be able to see me anymore. Those who are incomplete in service 
and who are not completely free from the material taints can hardly see me. So in essence, we've been given the groundwork of what we can do to see the Lord. And as special as Nada Damuni was, even he wasn't guaranteed to see the Lord more than once in his lifetime. Even Prahlad Maharaj, as young as Prahlad was, from my memory of reading the pastimes, especially of Nishrim Madev, I am remembering that Prahlad actually was able to see the Lord, as was his father, when Nishrima Dave came out of the column in the palace. So maybe we'll be fortunate in this lifetime, in this body, to see the Lord. And if not, it's as good as seeing the Lord if you have an opportunity to have some conversation with him. And we all have that capability. It just depends on our sincerity and our devotion and the fact that we're not serving in a mood of, if I do this, then the Lord will do that. The point is, you take to devotional service. You understand that you are going to serve someone in this lifetime. Serve the Lord. And in the process of it, don't make an arrangement where you figure if you do so many chanting, so much chanting, so much reading, so much going to different temples and associating, then the Lord will gift you with his association. That's not the way it happens. What usually happens is, as you have your shoulder to the grindstone during devotional service, those are the times when you have an opportunity to see the Lord, especially when you're not focused on him. And that goes back to not having any demands of the Lord because he knows exactly what you need. He knows when you need it. And he also knows what challenges and trials and tests that we need to go through and complete before we have his association. Now I think we'll, oh yes, we'll end at this point. And this is so unique because I think this is the first time in two months I have actually had anyone in the temple room besides the Lord and the Lordships and Srila Prabhupada. Uh, did you want to ask a question or have a comment? And I'm going to direct the mic so that even though you don't have it, maybe we can hear it. Or I'll repeat what you're saying. Okay, question to carry with you. That one time is in seeing the Lord. Yes. Right. Yes, you're mentioning how powerful it was for even Pariksha in the womb of his mother to see the Lord. And those are moments, if you're intelligent enough, and if you're, if you're wise enough to understand, those are very special moments that no one else can duplicate, 
those moments are so precious that I'm sure any devotee, even Pariksha Maharaj, even Prahlad, Narada, those are moments that you don't forget in your life. Those are situations where you have seen the Lord of Lords, the supreme, absolute truth. That doesn't happen every day. And it's not a common occurrence because the Lord is not common. So, of course, I would imagine if anyone has that opportunity, you don't forget it ever. You never forget it. It's something that you carry carry with you. And those are the that's a bit of nectar that you cling to when maybe times are challenging to you. I remember in Mayapur when they were having the installation of uh, the Panchatadva. I was there just to witness it. I had no had no desire, uh, no yearnings to even be close to their lordships. None. And in the process of my chanting and just walking around, kind of like, just kind of attached to the energy in Mayapur, I was, someone asked me and my niece if we wanted to be on the altar with the Lord when the curtains, when they were revealed to the world. And initially, the um, individuals that were arranging people on the altar um put us in the back row, the very back row away from their lordships. You know, we're standing in front, the curtains are still closed, and this individual's mind is, let me put my family or my special friends in the front. I never thought about it, not for a moment. I was just very glad to be in Mayapur, to be there when the installation took place. And I think being in that mood allowed the next thing to happen. And what happened was another individual or another temple president came up on the altar and he totally arranged, rearranged the arrangement. And he placed myself and my niece in the front row right in front of the Lord. So when the curtain opened, we had the Srimad Bhagavatam in our hand and we're standing in front of the Panchatattva. I remember standing closer to Advaita, Advaita Acharya. But being there when that curtain opened, it was like the denizens. You, you could hear the bells ringing from the heavens. You felt that room was filled with more people than you could see. It was a special moment. It was a rare moment. And as far as I'm concerned... It was a moment in a lifetime, and I will never, ever forget that. And I use that moment to go back to maybe when things are challenging in the world, or maybe I'm having a challenge. And whenever I go back to that point where I was there to see the Lordships when the curtains opened, when they were installed, my heart is enlivened all over again. So yes, I would imagine if we have the opportunity to see the Lord in whatever form he chooses to take. And also, if he chooses to speak to us, unless there's something very wrong with our consciousness, we will never forget those moments. Those will be the highlights of our life in these material bodies. And we carry that with us. So I'm saying that Those are very special, rare moments, and I cannot imagine anyone forgetting a moment like that. It's got to be precious. It's got to be priceless. But it's also available to any of us, mainly when we're not expecting it, because I wasn't expecting any of that. But the nice part about it is, as long as you stay on the devotional path, As long as you have a loving exchange with the Lord, you act in such a way that you don't cause a disturbance to someone else 
with your personality that you don't think, you don't get puffed up, you don't let your false ego get out of control. There's so many personal characteristics that a devotee has. It's in, um, I'm trying to remember what chapter, the end of the Bhagavad Gita, but the um, Lord lists some of the characteristics of a devotee. And Arjun asked him, I think it's in, um, I think it's in the 12th canto, uh, not 12th canto, 12th chapter, and I think it's the first text of uh, Bhagavad Gita. And it kind of introduces you to the foundation of the groundwork that's laid in devotional service. Uh, this is when Avam, this is when Arjuna is asking the Lord what is more perfect, what he really prefers from a devotee. And the shloka is Arjuna uvacha evam satata yuktaye bhaktistam tvam paryupasate ye chapi aksharamavyaktam tesham ke yogavitamaha. And this is Arjuna inquiring, which are considered to be more perfect? Those who are always properly engaged in your devotional service or those who worship the impersonal Brahman, the unmanifested? And the point here that I'm seeing is that what's important is one that is engaged in devotional service and there are so many ways that one can take to devotional service. The One of the steps that's mentioned in the second shloka, or the second text of the 12th chapter, is Shri Bhagavan Yuvacha Maya Avesha Mano Yemam Nitya Yukta Yupashate Shradeya Pariyopitaz and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord is saying, just basically, those who fix their minds on my personal form and are always engaged in worshiping me with great and transcendental faith are considered by me to be the most perfect. And it's that the Lord is not asking us to do anything special. Nothing. Focus your attention on him. Engage in his service. Very simple things that we can do. Not that we have to climb tall buildings or leap over mountains or anything. Just basic things. And the Lord takes care of his own. He sees exactly what we're doing. And he's not asking a lot based on all the things that he gives us. And another thing, the Lord does not discriminate. He doesn't care what the outer covering of your body is. He looks at your heart, your consciousness, how you are, how you treat others. That's what he sees, and he doesn't miss a beat. He knows exactly what we're doing, even though we may try to conceal it from others. So special, very special, devoted individuals will have the opportunity to even experience a viewing, a sighting of the Lord, and even a conversation. But you have to have some pureness in the heart. You can't be motivated by things that you want to gain. You want to do for others. And doing for others is what the Lord wants us to do anyway. Be a servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. He doesn't, Lord doesn't need anything from us. He likes to see us getting along. He likes to see us doing for each other. Those are the things that gain the Lord's attention. How we really treat each other. And when we're at a point that we don't consider anyone a friend or an enemy, that we will serve them with the same sincerity, 
those are the ones that have these opportunities, I would imagine, to have audience of the Lord and to see the Lord. So, I know that I go different places when I'm doing uh, the morning class. So forgive me if I spoke something out of uh, context, but I hope you got the essence of the message. And in this particular text, there are no hard and fast rules to being a devotee. Even not a Muni, as special as he was, even his personality did not guarantee that once he saw the Lord, he would see him again. But it is a moment in time that one will never, ever forget in their lifetime. If you saw the Lord in the heart, experienced a conversation, and if your next body was even on another planet, you will take that with you. And at some point in time, I'm sure it will come to you that you have this special connection with the Lord, that you had it and you still have it. So we're very grateful to be in the service of a Lord who loves us unconditionally. So I'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai.